Hello and thank you for listening to episode 166 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave and this is another of our Soundcheck interview shows. And in this one I get to chat with the great guitarist Snowy White. Now I love doing these shows so much because not only do I get to chat with artists and bands whose music is new to me, I also get to chat with people who I've grown up listening to, as is the case with Snowy. And you'll hear it in the interview. I talk about uh, buying the, the Thin Lizzy album Chinatown in 1980 when I was a fresh-faced 15-year-old boy all those years ago. Not quite as fresh-faced now, unfortunately. So, yeah, you will hear me. Very excited. You'll hear me talk about air guitaring to him. Um, I'd still do that, but I'd probably put my back out now. So that's uh, that's out of the question. But people I've grown up listening to and they're still producing great music just puts a big smile on my face. So hopefully this first song will put a smile on your face too. I'm going to play the title track from Snowy's new album that was released just over a week ago. And it's called The Situation.
Well, first of all, obviously, I always have to start these shows by thanking the people for the time they come on, and especially you, Snowy, and we'll get into this in a minute, because the inner child in me is so happy to chat with you. So thank you so much for coming on to the show. Ah, great. Well, that's a pleasure for me, too. I'll, well, I'll start. Obviously, I want to have a good chat about your new album, The Situation. Um, but as I said at the beginning, the, the inner child... I discovered I discovered you in 1980 as a 15 year old kid when I bought my first Thin Lizzy album, Chinatown. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. and that's where, so you've been a part of my musical life for almost 40 years now. Wow! Yeah, and yeah, I, that's I, amazing. It is, and, and thank you for for all the music that you've given me and countless other people too. And. Um, I can't have you on the show and not, you know, dip into your past as well because it's been such such a, a you know a great musical history that you you know, you've built up and spe- specifically Chinatown. If I could start with that just for a couple of minutes, sure. I I air guitared so much to kill her on the loose as a kid, oh, yes. and uh, <laughs> and I know like you know you're more blues music than rock music. What was it like stepping into Thin Lizzy and you know what were the, for people that don't know already? How did you get the gig as well? Well, um, I just happened to... Well, I, when I was playing with the Pink Floyd, um, just before that, we did a gig in uh, New York, and Scott Gorham and um, a couple of the other guys came down to, to see the show. Phil came down. Um, I didn't meet them then, but then a little while later, I was rehearsing. I, I did a one-off gig with Cliff Richard, funny enough. That's brilliant. And, uh, I know, it's all good fun. And... Uh, and I bumped into Scott at the rehearsal place. He was, and they were trying out guitarists in the next rehearsal room. And Scott said, um, you know, could you, do you want to fancy, oh, I saw you in New York, you know, do you fancy coming to uh, have a go and see about joining the band? And I said, well, I can't because I'm rehearsing. And uh, anyway, they called me up a bit later on and uh, asked me to go up to, the, to London and have a little jam and see how it went. And they invited me to join the band. Um, and uh, I, I sort of hesitated because I'm not a jumping up and down rocker, you know. I'm more mm. of a bluser. Yeah. But I thought, I thought, I mean, I liked the. I thought Thin Lizzy were great. I thought they had some great songs. Um, Brian Downey was a fantastic rock drummer. Phil was a brilliant front man. Scott was a great guitar player. Mm-hmm. And I liked their twin guitar things. And oh, I yeah. thought, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I could learn all those twin guitar things. It'll, it'll sharpen me up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I said, yeah. <laughs> was, it, was it like that a lot back then? Obviously, you know, it's before social media and all of this. Was it just oh, it was those... lovely. Oh, I bet it was. It was. Before social media. <laughs> <laughs> was it those, those <laughs> just people passing in a, you know, a brief conversation, then all of a sudden, you know, yeah. you're in another band. You're playing very... on... Yeah, it was all very casual those days. I mean, it was just more relaxed the whole situation because nobody rushed about and yeah. sent emails and texted people and they didn't have mobile phones and you know you have to do everything slowly and it was much nicer that was um it. so uh, yeah so it was just just a chance meeting you know in the doorway actually we actually literally bumped into each other <laughs> in the doorway of the rehearsal place oh that's great yeah, so yeah. when i found out as well uh that i was having some time with you to have a chat with you it's amazing that the, how coincidences happen. It was the very next day, I was flicking through the TV, Top of the Pops comes on, and there you are on Top of the Pops as well. I mean, that, that's a huge part of 
especially British musical history, what was it like yeah. to, be, to be on top of the pops? Because I used to watch it religiously. Yeah, well, well, everybody wanted to be on that because it, you know, it was the show. It was the only show to be on, really. Mm-hmm. Was that with Thin Lizzy you saw me? Or was no, I, no, no, my, no. That was with. That, oh, that was, was with my. Yeah, that was my you. one hit. You're, you're talking to a genuine one-hit wonder. Here. <laughs> um, it was. Yeah, it was okay. By then, I was a bit. Uh, I'm a bit more experienced about things, so yeah. or that side of things didn't really mean much to me because I, I'm just a blues guitar player. You know, all this other mm-hmm. stuff is like, yeah, okay, I'll do it, but it didn't. It wasn't particularly exciting or anything, and it's like miming, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, to get it. People say, yeah, you've got to do Top of the Pops. They've invited you on Top of the Pops, and they're all excited, like the management and things. And I'm, yeah, so, you know, big deal. And, of course, <laughs> it is a big deal. I just didn't really understand how that would make the record sell. Yeah. And you were saying about, you know, being a blues guitarist as well. I've got to say, your new album is a cracking album. I've really enjoyed listening to it. Really, really good. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. And I love it as very well, too. You know, obviously, I'm very privileged. I get to talk to people on this show, and a lot of yeah. them, it's people that whose music you know I admire, like people like yourself, whose music I've grown up with. And it's, what's it like to be? You know, we're in 2019, and you've got a new album out. Was was that even a thought way back when that you think you know, still producing these these great albums in 2019? Um, it's really strange, you know, because. <laughs> I just do what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want to sound sort of blasé or anything, but I just do what I do. And I, I, I have some ideas for a song, and I, and I put them down, and I, I go into the studio with my band, who I've known for thousands of years, <laughs> and we kick it about, and they make me sound good. And, um, and then, you know, there's an album. And I have no particular plan to do a particular type of album or to do an album in a particular year, or to you know even sell it you know i just i just play i've always just played and i i'm very uh, aware that i'm lucky that i have the opportunity to actually still play with the musicians that i admire mm-hmm. and make albums but there's no sort of plan to any of it but uh, it feels good because I, I it feels good because you know uh, i'm i'm getting on a bit but i still got the energy and i still enjoy it and uh, that makes me feel very lucky. Yeah, that's going to be one of the secrets, isn't it? Just really loving what you do as well. Absolutely, and, and I'm very lucky to do, to still do that. So th- this album, then, was it a case of you, like you said, you don't plan ahead to release an album? Was it you've got so many songs together, and then you thought about put, writing more and put well, it together, or did you have <laughs> the majority of it all together? I take it you're constantly no, writing I, songs. I, I thought, I, no, I just thought, oh, time to make another album. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I feel like making another album. You know, that's that's all it boils down to, really. Nobody's pushing me to do anything. You know, nobody's beating a path to my door because they're going to make a lot of money out of me. <laughs> that going on. Uh, I just thought, yeah, I feel like making an album. So um, I've got a sort of separate. Uh, flat in the town where I live down by the lake here and uh, it's about 10 minutes walk so I go down there I've got all my equipment down there and set up so I just go in there and I kick things around and I relax and I take my time because there's no uh, you know no time pressure on it there's there's no deadline 
and I start kicking things around and, and, and I come up with a few things that I like to play and then I can imagine it would be nice to play lead guitar over and then I think about um, what my band would make it sound like so I imagine what they would play on it and I try and do things that I know they will enjoy and, and enjoy the groove and and so uh, it slowly comes together and like I say then, then I get in the studio and I rely on them to make the songs come alive. Mm -hmm. That sounds so much a lot more relaxed than you know when you've got uh, a record we com have fun. A company on your back all the time as well. <laughs> oh no! I remember the first time that happened after after Bird of Paradise was a hit. Um, I did a I did a bit of recording and some new guy in the record company he phoned me up and he said yeah he said, he said I think. Um, quite good said, but I think you need more reverb on the guitar <laughs> and I thought who's this who's this who's this guy it really upset me well it didn't upset me but it really made me think no no you get what you get mate oh, yeah. <laughs> he, really might, he might have been right of course but <laughs> I was so I was not used to people telling me things like that oh yeah <laughs> and I don't get that now I don't get it now. Oh, yeah. It's a lot more liberating, I guess, now, and you can just do what you want as well. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Uh, one of the things I love about the album as well, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you're a great guitarist. The album isn't just focused on the guitar either. It's got some beautiful keyboards in it, percussion in it as well. It's it's very nuanced, and it's in tone between each song, and it's... Uh, I find a lot of people as well, especially the guitarist, focus on that, whereas this, it's a broader spectrum and a bigger sound. Was the, I take it that was intentional as well during the making of the album? Yeah, well, like I say, I'm, I mean, I, I love listening to the guys in my band. I mean, I sort of have two bands in a way. I've got uh, Dutch and Indonesian guys in Holland and my rhythm section that I played with all over Europe in the 90s and in the early 2000s. And I've got... Uh, Richard and Kumar and Max, who've been with me since the Bird of Paradise days, basically. Mm. I've known Richard for 50 years. Wow. And it's so, yes, it's a long time. So it's, <laughs> it's, so, it's so nice to be able to just let them stretch out, because I know what they're going to play, and I know they'll make it sound good. But also, on a couple of the tracks, there's a new keyboard guy that um, uh, I, I said to Juan, I was going to Holland to do a few tracks with, with the other two guys, and I said, do you know any keyboard players? He said, yeah, I know this guy. So he came along, and he was a bit nervous, you know, and uh, he, I soon settled him down, and we were playing away, and he sounded really good, so I just kept waving to him, said, yeah, keep going, you know, keep going, <laughs> and he sort of got into it. And I love that, you know. I, I mean, I love listening to other guys play. I love listening to Richard Bailey on the drums, and the way Kuma's solid on the bass and this keyboard player was really having fun and so was I, you know, that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. Do the songs change much when you're recording it as well? So say, you know, if the keyboard player then thinks yeah. it adds a little something to, a to certain, it. Yeah, to a certain extent they do because uh, I, I'd let the band kick them around, most of them, and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we'd get a different, slightly different groove and I'd go, oh, yeah, that's much better than what I had. Well, you know, let's see what happens, see where that goes. And also, I sort of don't have any control when I'm actually writing the songs. I might have an idea of, oh, yeah, this is going to be a t certain type of song. And when I finished, it's totally different. <laughs> it's completely <laughs> different to what I thought. It go, they go their own way, you know. I'm not always in control of where they end up, which is quite nice, really. I just let it, let it go. I relax, and I let it go. 
that's it. Have you got any sort of songwriting process, or is it is it very liquid no. each time? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I've got a, a little chorus thing, or sometimes I've got a couple of chords, and I think, oh, that would be nice to play some guitar over that, and then I think, oh, that's that could be a really good groove. I know what Richard would do on that. That's yeah. going to be nice, you know. And, uh, and it's just, you know, it just gels slowly, slowly comes together over the months because I don't have to rush, so I can take yeah, the time. Yeah. How long did it take to put all of this together? Oh, uh, well, I can't really tell because I did it over a year or so, this mm. album, but not every day, obviously. Yeah. I had weeks when I didn't do anything, and then I'd go in for, for three or four days and get a lot done. And So it's really hard to tell. I can't really say how many days I spent in the studio. Did you have quite a few? Oh yeah, I should imagine so. Few. Did you yeah. have any more than the twelve songs that ended up on the album? Have you got any extra ones? Ah, uh, I've always got extra ones. Yeah, <laughs> there were a couple that didn't make it, but they need kicking around, and um, I might use use them again, you know. But so they didn't really come t together properly. Yeah, another another album incoming, possibly well, as well. You never yeah. know, do you? <laughs> I have no plans, but. You know, that doesn't mean to say there isn't one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got it yet. <laughs> and how are you finding it now? We mentioned with social media earlier. How are you finding it with the, you know, such a difference in the music industry? I, I don't have much to do with it. All I know is that um, it's amazing what people can do now in mm. their, the way they record and uh, they can get it up online and people all around the world can hear it straight away. And I think that's a good thing. And it's certainly been good for me because a lot of my uh, sales now are from downloads and streaming. Yeah. And I can see, when I get a statement, I can see exactly what songs are popular and wh what yeah. countries they're popular. And and it's really fun. I mean, it's really interesting. I don't really get involved in any other aspects of it. I just, you know, I look at my own thing and sometimes I might watch... Uh, an old video of bb king or somebody you know <laughs> it's great now because when i was young i had to just try and discover all that yeah, exactly yeah search it which was quite nice but now you can just do a few clicks and you can watch albert king and yeah, i think that's good that was it yeah because I, di I discovered all of my music growing up just through looking at the album covers and that was what yeah, most know, of that the was time fun, wasn't it it was great was wasn't fun. it yeah it was really good yeah i used to because I lived on the Isle of Wight, I used to take the train up to London occasionally. Um, it's a bit like Alcatraz down there when you're young, <laughs> just to, trying to escape, you know. And I didn't have much money, but I'd get to London and look around the record shops, and there would be like 20 or 30 albums that I wanted, but I could only afford two. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd be there all day, backwards and forwards, trying to choose, and I'd choose two, and on the way back on the train, I'd look at the covers, and I'd oh, yeah, you know, enjoy yeah. the, having them, and... Yeah, yeah, it was sort of more organic in those days. I think things are too quick now. That's I it. sound like an old fart. Um, you know, oh, no, but... I'm with you all the way as well. <laughs> it is. No, I, I, I mean, it is really good that people can, you know, a few clicks and you can buy music and discover music and this, that and the other. But I, yeah. did, I did like, like you taking a trip into a record store, looking through album yeah. covers and then that looks good and getting it home and it was like an, an event like you said looking at the cover reading yeah. the lyrics as you listen to it the first time and i think it's also you know when it's more difficult to do that you, you have to make more of an effort there's more reward at the end of it yeah yeah definitely not as disposable as it is now that's for sure no. who was it who was it that you grew up listening to like i said you've been a part of my musical life you know since 1980 
Who was it? That... Oh, well, I listened to um, I listened to the blues really. Mm-hmm. Well, to start with it was the Shadows, of course, and and then uh, I, I I heard a, a, a broadcast. Do you remember Saturday Club? I do. With yeah, Brian Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I heard uh, I was fiddling around with this newfangled machine that my dad had bought. It was called a tape recorder, <laughs> and uh, and I happened to record um, John Mayle there at Clapton live on Saturday Club. Oh, And it was good. an awful sound, but the guitar was great. It was yeah. quite clean. And they did uh, some, a couple of classics. And because of this magical machine I had, I could hear it over and over again. And I I actually thought, you know, that must feel really good. That must feel really good to be able to just do those blues phrases over those simple chords. That's what I want to do. I just want to know what it feels like. Yeah. And that's why I learned. I wanted to know what it felt like. And I didn't have any ideas of, um, uh, you know, making records or being in a band. I just wanted to know what it felt like to be able to do that. I wanted to do it. So uh, I I spent months sitting in my room listening to tapes and things and learning how it was done. Because I'm not a natural musician. I had to work very hard. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I did. (laughs) And it still feels just as good now, all these years later. Yeah, yeah, it does actually. Oh, that's great. you know, you can always spend the note a bit sweeter next time, you know? Yeah. And what about live shows? you got live shows coming up? No, I've got one this year. Mm-hmm. I haven't... I've, I've decided not to do any more live shows for a while because, well, I, I had a bad uh, arm for a while. Yeah. I had RSI in my right arm for about a year and a half, two years. I didn't touch the guitar for a year. Ooh, I had to get that was it tough. fixed up, you know? Yeah. I'm okay now, but, of course, my fingers now don't do what my brain tells them and it's a right. bit frustrating yeah and i'm working on it and it's it's coming okay i can do it in the studio but live um no i'm not really up for that not an hour and a half but i did take this gig which is in the it's uh, the st petersburg international economic forum in june <laughs> they want me to play 30 minutes before joe bonamassa oh okay um and they offered me really, really a lot of money. I, I, said, I still said no, and then they offered me more. And I actually thought, because I always split the money equally between the band members, and I thought, that's a lot of money for the guys. It's quite a lot of money for me too. So we'll do that, and uh, I'll see how it goes. That yeah. might make me think, well, yeah, I can handle it. You know, we'll see. Well, I hope so. I would love to see you again. That would be really good. Yeah, never say never. Oh, of course. <laughs> Well, thank thank you for a great album. I say I loved listening to the situation. I would, oh, I really I, appreciate it. Thank God, you. Well, it's it. people like you who keep me going. You know, it's people well, like I, you who keep me going and you know support me and everything and make me. Uh, I'm, I'm able to do the next album. So thank you very much. Oh well, I'm very happy to thank you. Like I said at the beginning, for all the great music, I'm very, very grateful for it, and I've enjoyed it for a long time now. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks very much. Thanks, Snowy. Great okay. to talk to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. And the alarm bell, as always, brings to an end another interview. Hopefully you enjoyed that just as much, or even more, than I did recording it. Probably not more, because I was very excited. And so I should be talking to somebody like that. Like I said at the beginning of the show, to talk to people whose music you've been listening to. For getting on for 40 years now is such a thrill. So before I close out the show with another great song from his new album... Uh, you can visit our website, our website that is more or less finished. It's facelift is looking so good. If you haven't visited lately, 
or shame on you if you haven't visited at all please go to 60minuteswith.co.uk numerical 60 not alphabetical all the links for everything that we do on there there's news reviews the podcasts are on there you'll even see pictures of all the 60 minutes with crew if you really want a a bit of a treat for yourself (laughs) there is also a link we've got branded merchandise now you can buy 60 minutes with t-shirts and caps and hoodies and bags i've just recently put a photograph of one of our t-shirts on our instagram account it arrived here at 60 minutes with towers just this morning so go to the instagram account which is at 60 minutes with as is our twitter and you'll see a picture of uh, the t-shirt that's arrived treat yourself at time of recording i think there's eight days left where you can save 15 percent on all of the prices and uh, yeah whatever few few pounds is thrown at us from the uh, the manufacturers we use just to keep the website and everything ticking over for you so to close off the show i have an eight and a half minute epic from snowy's new album please just sit back and soak this in it is beautiful it is called why do i still have the blues To walk in my own shoes I ain't had too much trouble in my life So why do I still have the blues? Why do I still have the blue? 
That's why I still have the blues. 